So I want to talk to you today a, a little bitty verse out of a big, long chapter that everybody knows about. And in this chapter, um, it's used at weddings. People use this. They read from it. They talk about it. It's a great, you know, thing to use at weddings. They also use it at Mother's Day. It's one of those um, sections of Scripture that they talk about during Mother's Day. The irony to me is it never mentions weddings or marriage, and it never mentions women or mothers in this whole section of Scripture. But 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is known as the love chapter. Now, I'm not against love, and I'm not against the love chapter, and I've used this at Mother's Day, and I've used this before uh, multiple times in weddings. In fact, most weddings, I'll quote, love is patient, love is kind, doesn't envy, doesn't boast, doesn't brag, keeps no record of wrongs, isn't, isn't easily angered. I got it down pat. I can do the whole thing. But the point is, it never talks about women, and it never talks about mothers. In fact, it talks about men. The love chapter has a little bitty carved out place where it talks about men. And so today, I want to talk to those of you that are males, not necessarily fathers, okay, hopefully men, but um, I want to talk to all the men who are in the room today. Now, every man in this room, you have a desire for greatness. Every man in this room has a passion to fulfill his destiny. You get that from Adam. Adam was created with dreams. Do you want to know where your dreams come from? You got dreams for your kids. You got dreams for your business. You got dreams to build something. You got dreams to make something. You have dreams to conquer something. Adam was told to subdue the earth. Big, big plan. Have dominion. Rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air. Every guy in this room, you have dreams and you have a destiny and it comes from your heavenly father. He has placed that inside of you. Now, the men around you though will help you accomplish that destiny or the men around you will not help you accomplish that destiny. So let me ask you some questions. Tell me about your dad. If we're sitting at Starbucks and I said, tell me about your father, was your dad helpful in accomplishing your dreams? Was your dad resourceful? Did your dad like put you on the fast track to your, your path to destiny? Or was your dad not very good? Or was your dad average? I mean, dads are kind of like a Clint Eastwood movie. There's the good, there's the bad, there's the ugly, Right? <laughs> We fall into one of those three categories, the good, the bad, or the ugly. Is that not a great movie, by the way? Those are one of the best movies. Anyway, let's not talk about movies. It's a great, great movie. So when I looked at my life, and this week I've been kind of thinking about the men in my life, i got a great dad. My dad's 82 years old. He'll be 83 in a couple months wasn't real talkative about lessons. He didn't like sit me down and say, let's have a life lesson. What can we learn from this? But he did teach me by example. And I, and I watched him and I could learn so many great things about him. I, I, I grew up with two amazing grandfathers. Both of my grandfathers had just retired when I was able to remember life, three or four years of age. 
And one grandfather lived a mile south. One grandfather lived a mile to the west. I would get on my bicycle. I would go to their homes. I would eat dinner. I would spend the night. I had amazing grandfathers who spent time with me and around me. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, he makes a statement that he says, When I became a man, I put away childish things. I used to think like a child. I used to reason like a child. I used to talk like a child. But when I became a man, he says, I put away childish things. So I'm going to show you that verse in just a minute. But tell me about your home life. Tell me about the men who were around you. Did they help you get to the path of greatness? Or did they really put you on a path like that was going to lead to a ditch? And you had to somehow figure out with the men around you what you were going to do with your life. Now, not all the men in my family were great. I had some really crazy uncles. Everybody have some crazy uncles? You know, like the crazy uncles that you're praying won't show up at the family reunion, but they come anyway, right? They bring the chicken and the 12-pack, and you're like, oh, gosh, I was just praying that those uncles don't show up. My, my grandpa Parker I met twice. My grandma Brown remarried Grandpa O'Gorman Brown, this Irishman, and they were married for over 40 years, and he was the only grandpa I really knew. But my grandpa Parker was not a good man. Uh, Chased women, drank too much, divorced my grandmother years ago, and he ended up shooting himself. He ended up taking his own life at age 73. And and so every family's got hopefully some great men in in there that can help you the path to destiny, but you've also got some crazy uncles or some crazy something that just did not go well. So what will you do with your life? Here's what he says. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11, when I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, and I reasoned like a child, but something happened when I became a man. When I became a man, and and by the way, is man an age thing? I mean, there's some 40-year-old boys, right? Now, don't be elbowing him. That was not good. Don't, don't, Don't do that. Um, you, it's not, and you can be 15, you can be 15 and on the path to manhood, right? So, so what does a boy do and, and what does a man do? There's, they're, they're very different. A man has put things away. Say, put things away. Say that. Say, put things away. Say it again. Say, put things away. A man learns to put some things away. Now, we all know what a child does. We've all had children. We've all been to the mall. Right? And we've all had kids that have thrown a tamper tantrum at, at, at Publix because you won't buy them the Snickers bar or whatever, right? I mean, everybody's going, we know what a child does. Life's about me as a child. How does a child talk? I, 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 I want, I, I need, I, I'm asking, I'm needing, I'm begging, I'm demanding. Life is about what? Life's about me. So he says, when I became a man, I had to put some things away. Guys, what do you need to put away today? What needs to be put away? I mean, let's be honest. You're still doing some childish things. You're still talking like a child. You're still thinking like a child. You're still acting like a child. What in the world do you need to put away? Xbox? 
How old are you? <laughs> what, what, how, how do you talk at home and around other people? How, how, how do you think? Does life revolve around you? See, when I became a man, I put away. Say, I put away. I put away. I put away. When I became a man, I had to put some childish ways behind me. So today I want to give you 10 different components that will lead you into a ditch. You will never become a great man. I'm going to ask you at the end of the service to pick one of these 10. Does not matter your age today. Maybe you're 12. Maybe you're 102. It doesn't matter your age. Then I'm going to give you 10 things that 10 on the path to greatness that will help you to fulfill your destiny. Because every man in this room has dreams. Every man has dreams to build something, to make something, to become something. Everybody in the room, just like Adam, we have dreams for our lives. When, when I became a man, I, I put away childish. I, I just I discovered this just reading through the Bible going, we always do this for Mother's Day. It's a great Mother's Day. It never mentions mothers. And I thought about all the weddings. I've probably done 500 weddings, and I've probably used this 499 times, and it's great. I'll continue to use it for weddings. Nothing wrong with this. It has a verse about men just slid right in the middle of this whole thing. When I became a man, which means there's a process, which means there's some things that have to be put away, and there's some things that have to be what? Put on. They have to be put on in order to become a man. So let's look at these, if you would, for a few minutes. Here we go. What are, what are your barriers to destiny? Unfaithfulness is the first one. You will never become the man that you were created to be. You can go to your app right now, fill in the blank. You can watch this live. I mean, watch it on the app later if you want to or need to. But if you're unfaithful with your family, unfaithful with your work, unfaithful with your friends, I mean, unfaithfulness will sink you in life. But your path to greatness is you just become a faithful person. I'm going to be faithful to my parents. I'm going to be faithful to my friends. I'm going to be faithful to my sister or my brother. I'm, I'm going to be faithful to, to my coworkers. I'm going to, I'm, going to, I'm going to dial in to the people at work. It's a great barrier to your destiny, but your path to greatness, man, God blesses this. Another uh, barrier to your destiny is destroying your reputation. Why, why would you want to destroy your reputation? My goodness, you want to build a great reputation. Every man in this room wants leverage. A great reputation builds your leverage. Without a great reputation, you unravel your leverage. You lose your leverage. Listen to what Proverbs says. A good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. Okay? Another barrier to your destiny is sexual immorality. Why is that a barrier? Why is sexual immorality a barrier? But your path to greatness is sexual integrity. Again, why? We're going to come back to this in a couple weeks. Uh, I'm going to talk about this for a whole Sunday. It's going to be a little PG-13, so you may not want, you know, under a certain age in here. That's up to you. But in a couple weeks, I'm going to come back to this. But why is this so important? He says, flee sexual immorality. Here's why. 
All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you've received from God? You are not your own, okay? Here's another barrier to destiny, just like walking in foolishness. Now, there are a lot of boys who are mature, and there are a lot of boys in good homes who make good decisions. However, I was a boy once, and I know that even if I made seven good decisions in a row, there was absolutely no guarantee that that eighth one was going to be a good decision. Are you with me on that? As a boy, I can't explain it, but my my brain just slipped out of drive, goes into neutral, and hits reverse 100 miles an hour. I can't explain that, right? That's a question I want to ask God for developmental thing, you know. And little girls are just looking at little boys like, you are so immature. <laughs> in fact, they still do that, even at 56. I think my wife still, still does. So it, it's, it's a barrier to walking in foolishness. Um, I'm actually quoted in a book on leadership with Chip Ingram and, and another guy. But the, the book, is ta- is a, he says, give us a leadership quote. And I said, I said, anybody can make a good decision once or twice. But the wise man makes seven or eight hundred great decisions in a row. So your path to greatness is really demonstrating wisdom. And the Proverbs teach us wisdom. So today is the 18th of the month. There are 31 Proverbs. This morning about 6 o'clock while I'm doing a few exercises, I listen to Proverbs chapter 18. How can you get wisdom? You get wisdom by learning the wisdom literature. The wise in heart are called discerning, and gracious words promote instruction. And the chapter 1 says, let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance. Here's another barrier. You're going to pick one of these. Life is all about me. Again, you can be 50 years old, and you know people like this. Everybody in the room knows some narcissistic people And the guy could be 25, the guy could be 45, the guy could be 65, but we all know people in this room that never become a man. They're still, life's still about them. And a man is different than a boy. A man grows up. A man takes responsibility. A man doesn't suck life out of all the people around him. A man gives life to all the people who are in his his midst. So your path to greatness is really learning how to overcome self-centeredness. And that's a lifelong journey. But it's progress. It's progress that you want to be able to make. So you say, well, how do I do that? Well, you pray like crazy for love, joy, and peace. You pray like crazy that the Holy Spirit will fill you. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh You keep putting it down. You keep laying it down. You keep putting it away. You keep taking the flesh that rises up. Now, I would love the fact if I could lay the flesh down and it would never come back up, right? And it doesn't take three days like Jesus for the flesh to come back up, right? Sometimes it's like three minutes. But, but it, it, so you just, you got to keep crucifying the flesh. You got to keep going over and over and over again. I got to lay this down. I got to put this away. I got to put this away. Since we live by the Spirit, Let us keep in step with the Spirit. Another barrier to destiny is inappropriate anger. I want to talk about anger for just a couple minutes. Now, I know, ladies, that you get angry. Okay? 
Any women in the room ever get angry? Any women in the room ever lose their temper? Okay. Um, you're hiding it really good right now, ladies. That's good. You're being so kind on Father's Day. That's good. Um, but men, when men get angry, it's more violent. W- women get angry. But as a whole, men tend to be more volatile when they get angry. So your path to greatness is learning how in the world not to do this. And he says about this, do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not, so so you got to put this away. Maybe there's some people in your life you got to put away. Maybe there's some best friends who are just are hot-tempered. you you got to put this away. If you want to become a great man, your path to death, maybe you got to put that away. Don't make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered, or you will learn their ways, and you will get yourself what? Ensnared. It's a terrible word to be ensnared. So here's what we do. We want to handle anger appropriately. Now, if you're like me, this is something I've had to learn to do. And I haven't got a handle on this like I would like to. But I'm getting a better grip on it today than than last year and the year before. So how do we handle anger appropriately? What are some scriptures that help us with this? He says, don't let the sun go down while you're still angry because if you just blow up at night, you're going to think about it all night long and you give the devil a foothold. The devil just like the hamsters running all night long in your brain. Those hamsters are just running all night long. And the devil has a foothold and the devil just takes off. He says this, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. You're not to repay evil. You're not to get vengeance or revenge on other people who've wronged you. You're not to do that. Do not take revenge, my dear my friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay. Now, I think about that. Would I rather me try to repay somebody, or would I want God to try to repay somebody? Let God put the hammer down on one of those people in my life. All right. I didn't sin, did I? Did I just sin? I hope not. Whoever is patient has great understanding. But one who is quick-tempered displays folly. Ouch. The one who has knowledge uses words with restraint, and whoever has understanding is what? Even-tempered. I like this. Listen to one more in Proverbs 19. It says this, a, a person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. If, if you have to right every wrong and you can't ever overlook an offense, you're going to be a hot-tempered woman or a hot-tempered man most of your life. There are some things you just overlook. There are some things that are wrong, but not everything is your cause to make it right. All right, what's another one? What's another barrier? It's just called destructive behavior. Now, what does this mean? Well, we avoid destructive behavior because we look at like King David and King David with Bathsheba and King David with Uriah was destructive behavior. We look at destructive behavior with Moses. We see how Moses decided to take his, the rock, strike the rock, get glory for himself, and it was absolute disaster. We, we see, you know, with Cain killing Abel, there was like this amazing, dist- so we want to avoid this. Lord, help me avoid destructive, Lord, help me not to be destructive. How do I avoid destructive behavior? Another barrier to our destiny is, is greed. Now, this is a, a tension to manage. Because, guys, if you're the single um, financial steward and you're the single one that's working outside the home, 
this is a tension because you feel the pressure to provide for your family. You absolutely feel the pressure to, to, to do this. And I want to say this too. Boys play, but men work. Boys play. You notice that? But men show up. Men get up. Men show up. And men, men work hard. Boys play, but when I became a man, I, I, I actually go to work. I actually have a job. I actually keep a job. I actually, I actually work. And, and so the tension is, is that you don't become overwhelmed, though, with not trusting God to provide. And so you get up, you go to work, you get better at work, and maybe just trust God for the things that he wants you to have and the things that he wants your children to have. So there's a, there's a tension to manage here. But this is why greed is, is going to get you, and, and if you're greedy, you'll never achieve your path to greatness. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Money's not evil. Money's neutral. But it's the love of money that is wicked. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and they've pierced themselves with many griefs. And so what do you do? You learn to be generous. Now, generosity is the antidote to greed. Yeah? I haven't got any amens today. I think you guys are out dead or golfing's coming or, you know, lunch. But, but let, let, let's talk about this for just a minute. Because the way you break your greed is you learn to be generous. I'm going to read some scripture. Y'all aren't with me. Each of you, <laughs> each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. Why? Because God loves a cheerful giver. Now, this isn't tithing. Tithing makes all the sense in the world. Tithing is actually embarrassing to me. I come out ahead with tithing. When I tithe, God takes the 90% of what we now have to live with, and he makes it go further. Tithing is a no-brainer. Generosity, though, is being cheerful. Generosity is just looking for ways to make a difference in people's lives. And I've really been working on this the last four or five years. Until the last four or five years, I wasn't generous at all. And I'm trying to be more generous today, and that's one of my goals is to learn to be a generous person. And you have to figure out what generosity means for you because it means something different for you than it does for me. I had two wealthy, I had, I had two grandmothers I told you about. One of them was wealthy, and she was tighter than a tick. <laughs> one of them was relatively poor, and she was the kindest, most generous person you've ever met. Who are generous people? I used to think wealthy people were generous people. That isn't true. Generous people are generous. It's not poor people. It's not rich people. People who are generous are just generous people. And you can work on this. You can work on generosity. He tells us not to store up for ourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in steel. But he says, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where these things don't destroy. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And when you learn to start being generous, you like fall in love with these people. You start caring about the needs that different people have. It, it, it will change everything in your life and it will give you on, put you on a, a greater path to, to achieve your destiny. Another barrier is progressive ungodliness. And what I mean by this is, maybe you start off as middle school, you start off in high school, and you know, you're just playing around with some things, you're, 
you're, you're, you're dancing around some issues. And before long, it just gets progressively worse and worse and worse and worse. But the same thing can happen in the inverse order for those of us that are Christians. Our path to greatness is progressive holiness. Now, how do you become progressively more holy? Well, Jesus tells us, love God. I think you do love God. I think that's why you're here this morning. I think you are progressively moving in the right direction because you're at church. You've just been to a worship service. You care about your spiritual life and your spiritual destiny. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. But here's another one. We do this until we reach unity in the faith, in the knowledge of the Son of God, and we become mature, attain to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So we're all like growing. We're all like seasoning. We're all at different mile markers. You may be at mile marker three, but next year be at mile marker four. Somebody else in the room might be at mile marker 17. That's wonderful. Learn from them. Grow from them. But next year, if you're at 17, try to be at mile marker 19. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to attest and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and his perfect will. All right. One last one. A barrier to your destiny is just, it's just basically being undisciplined. It's different than being disorganized. It's just like there's no consistency. You, you can't seem to get up. You can't seem to pull this off. You can't seem to do certain tasks. You, you just kind of fly by the seat of your pants. You just kind of do what you want to do when you want to do it. Uh, an undisciplined man will never achieve the destiny that God has in store for him. But the path to greatness, as you're going to figure out, is going to be to, to be the disciplined person. So here's what he says in 1 Timothy. He says, physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise both for the present life and the life to come. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off. You got to put it away. Throw it off. That's putting it away. Throw off everything that it hinders us and the sin Put it away. That's so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, he scorned its shame, he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, here's our key verse. When I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put some things away. What do you need to put away? Pick one, guys. What's one? Is it unfaithfulness? I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to be faithful the rest of my life to everybody around me. Is it, is it a, a reputation that you've taken some shortcuts? Is it sexual immorality? Is it foolishness? Are, are you still narcissistic? Inappropriate anger, destructive behavior, train wrecks. Those are train wrecks. You've caused them. Greed? progressive ungodliness or undisciplined? Guys, I want to ask you to pick one of those from that list. You got it? Here's the next list. This is what we want to do. And you want to pick one of these that you really want to move toward today. You're going to put some things away on that first chart, but this chart Man, you're going you're gonna to put it on, baby. You're going to put it on. You're going to put it on. You're going to put it on. 
So we had um, a funeral here yesterday. It was a 55-year-old guy, and man, it was just, you know, it was rough, and it was great. It was wonderful, and it was tragic. Um, a week ago Saturday, he had respiratory failure, caused a heart attack, no brain activity, and he was deceased last, you know, Saturday morning. They were able to keep him alive, you know, on machines so they could harvest his organs, and that was, that was a good part. Uh, several of his organs were able to be harvested and, and, and be able to help, to help other people. But it was, a, it was an unusual funeral. The, the family wanted to call it, um, and it was, a worship service. And so I don't know how many songs we had, seven or eight or nine. The, the whole worship team was up here leading us, and the music was cranked. I mean, the family, the family wanted to crank the music. They wanted it loud. And I'm just so glad that my email is not public anymore. I don't have a public email because I've been hacked three times in the last year. So nobody could email me that the music was too loud. But it was fun. It was, just a, it was, it was the most unique funeral celebration I've ever been to with loud music. But about five or six different people spoke about Doug Yandek. And one, the first speaker was a lady, and she's a pharmacist, and, and she's on the worship team. And Doug and Sherry knew that she had a pressure washer, and so they borrowed her pressure washer. This is years ago. And Doug was using the pressure washer, a 10-year-old pressure washer, and he used it for like a half hour, and the thing blew up, just, just blew up, you know, and wouldn't start, wouldn't work. And so like two or three days later, Doug and Sherry go back to this lady's house with a brand new pressure washer. And she said, no, 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 no. Mine was 10 years old. No, 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 no. He said, oh, no. I've taught my boys, if you borrow something, you got to be willing to make it right. And the boys are now 28 and 23, and they've become men. They're putting away childish things. And, and everybody that got up at the funeral yesterday had something to say about his character, and it, it, it hits me. It hits me when I'm at a funeral like that, and I'm watching this take place. You preach your own funeral. You absolutely preach your own funeral. Now, you're dead. You're with Jesus, or you're somewhere else, but you preach your own funeral, okay? You absolutely preach. What do you want people to say at your funeral? What kind of a preaching message is going to happen at your funeral? Because everybody there is going to be talking about you. And I, I was just sitting over here about where you guys are and just watching all this, and I'm going, wow, what do I want people to say about me? What do I want you to say about me? What do you want me to say about, if you go before I, what do you want me to say about you at your funeral? You, you preach your own funeral. And, and you're on a path either to a ditch or you're on a path to absolute greatness. And, and I know every man in this room has dreams and a desire for greatness, for the God Almighty to come inside of our lives, for Jesus Christ to cleanse us of all our, our unrighteousness, and for the Holy Spirit then to start leading us, put it away, put it on, put it away, put it on put it away, put it on. So guys, pick something from the other chart. Now pick something from this chart. And when you have the one thing on this chart that you're going to pursue, 
I'm going to ask you to stand up, and I'm, I'm going to pray for you. So pick one from the other chart that needs to be put away. Pick one from this chart that you need to put on. And when you're all standing up, guys, I'll, I'll pray for us. Have you got it, guys? Okay. All right. Ladies, we always need your help. Stand up with us. We, always, we, can't, we can't live without you. Stand up with us. Almighty God, we come before you on the other graph because those things have got to be put away. And I thank you for revealing this little bitty section of the love chapter about when I became a man. Lord, you're, you're asking for us to become great men. You're asking for us to love and lead and help. So let us put that thing away that keeps tripping us up on that other chart. And now, Lord, let us become faithful men, building a great reputation for the kingdom of God, sexual integrity, wisdom. It's not about me. Handling anger appropriately, avoiding destructive behavior. Let us be generous, progressive holiness, and let us have tremendous discipline. I thank you for what you're doing in all my brothers' lives. In the name of Jesus, we pray. We pray. I'm going to ask the prayer partners to come down front. I'm going to ask you, if you've never been baptized into the Lord Jesus Christ, to go sign up the guest service desk. And I'm going to ask those of you that that have never, ever really thought about putting something away and you're struggling to come down front and let one of these prayer partners to pray for you, pray with you, pray over you. Maybe something needs to be put away, put it away, put it away, and maybe something needs to be put on. Okay, guys, have a great day. See you.